Hello everybody and uh, welcome to episode 56 with me James Dakin of 10 Minute Country. Today we're talking about the sequencing of albums and how country music often gets it wrong. Yeah. Hello everyone, welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. I only managed to do one podcast in December so we'll, uh, we'll have to get back on the rails uh, in this, uh, this year. And we've got a good one today. Uh, some inspiration struck me fairly recently. And um, we're going to talk about the sequencing of uh, country music albums. I know for many people um, in this age of streaming and uh, playlists and shuffle, um, it, how an album runs and, and how it flows together is, is largely irrelevant because people listen to things on shuffle, people put playlists together. But there's still a lot of us out there that like to listen to an album in the order that it was conceived um, I love to be able to go on a journey in chronological order. I don't know whether um, it's uh, something that still just uh, rings true to me or whether there are lots of you out there, but I do get an inkling talking to people. that A lot of people still do like the craft of the album. And, and the sequencing of the tracks of an album is a delicate and important job, and yet country music gets it wrong time and time again. There are so many albums out there that I listen to that go, well, what if this song was here? And why have we got four ballads in a row? And why have they finished with this song? And the whole concept of albums in country music, I think, could be made better if some more thought was put into the sequencing of the track. So we're going to look at some examples of the good, the bad, um, the ugly in country music, and uh, we're going to finish with my thoughts on why sequencing um, in the genre is often poor. This idea came to me because three albums have been released this year so far that sort of highlight that good and bad and ugly of sequencing in country music. So Dustin Lynch's Tullahomer, I'm going to use as a highlight of as, as the good um, in the sequencing of tracks in country music. It's sequenced brilliantly, maybe with the exception of Good Girl, which has just been tagged on the end. It's a Good Girl is a track that's 18 months old, and I'm sure that um, the record company don't really just want it to be sort of floating around in the ether as a one-off release back in 2018. So they've tagged, tagged it onto the end, which sort of spoils the sequencing of the album a bit. It's a historical afterthought. However, with Good Girl aside... If you shuffle Tullahomer and listen to it out of sequence, I don't think it works as well. Um, the tracks, right from track one, Mummer's House, have been sequenced really well to take you on a really interesting journey. And a, lot of, a lot of thought has been put into Tullahomer and the sequencing of the songs, I think. It's pacing, um, the journey, what Lynch is singing about, and I think whilst virtually every single song on there could be released as a single because they're all so very radio-friendly, the actual album is better than the sum of its individual parts. So if you just randomly sequenced three songs on Tullahoma, you might be left with the feeling of, oh, well, they largely all sound the same. The themes are the same about hometowns and small towns and rural upbringings. And I'm not, I'm not into that. But if you listen to Tullahomer as a, as a whole sequenced piece of work, I think it stands out as being a great example of an album that is better than the sum of its individual parts. 
Released on the same day as Tullahoma was Little Big Town's Nightfall. Now, Nightfall is an exceptional album. It's better than Tullahoma. Tullahoma is good, but Nightfall is a far superior album. Every song has been crafted and nuanced by master songwriters, but the sequencing is a little odd, so I'm going to use this as an example as the bad in the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, you can shuffle Nightfall, and it probably still works. But what gets me about the sequencing of Nightfall is that there are two drinking songs on the album, Over Drinking and Wine, Beer and Whiskey, and they're clumped together right in the middle of the album. The middle of an album, as I'm going to talk about in a little bit, is the trickiest thing. That run of tracks from sort of 5, 6, 7, 8 is the hardest part. It can destroy an album, it can make an album. And oddly, Nightfall's... Two drinking songs are clumped together at tracks five and six. And I, I wish they'd have been spread out a little bit because it's quite a, a an ethereal, ephemeral album, Nightfall. And the pacing of it, I think, possibly could have been improved by separating the two drinking songs. The other thing that doesn't work for me with the album is that Problem Child, which is one of the best songs on the album, is buried because it comes right after Sugarcoat, which is the album's biggest song for me. And I think for a long time, until you let this album breathe, <clears throat> Problem Child won't speak to you because you're still thinking about Sugarcoat. Your mind is still somewhere else. I would have been tempted to put Bluebird in there, which is the sort of Nightfall's most countryist, breeziest song, almost as a palate cleanser after Sugarcoat. Sugarcoat. And, and swap those two tracks around just to give Problem Child a bit more time and space to breathe. However, Nightfall sequencing isn't bad. What is, I was going to say bad, but it's not because some people like this. The controversial thing about country music albums is they often end with a quiet, slow, um, often acoustic song. And for me, and I don't know whether this is because of my rock heritage, I struggle with albums that end quietly. Nightfall ends with The Trouble With Forever, and it's it's a beautiful song, and oh my God, that third verse really has a massive emotional impact, and then the whole album finishes. It's a very abrupt ending after that third verse, and it leaves me feeling a little bit like, whoa, I'll just slash my wrists then. And actually, that's a good thing. They have created this emotional impact within me, but I'm just not a fan of albums ending on a downer or albums ending in sort of quiet, reflective moments. But that's my own personal choice. I know that, um, you know, when you when you actually sit down and look at a lot of country music albums, they finish with a very slow, very impactful song. Um, maybe it's me. I'm just shallow and facile or something. But I like I like a big finish. Um, yeah, take that as you will. A third album has, uh, has been released in 2020, which is sequenced absolutely appallingly. So I'm going to use this as the, um, the example of the, the ugly in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, and that's Tennille Arts' Love, Heartbreak and Everything Else in Between. As an album, as an as a, as a individual piece of work, there are some good songs on um, Tennille's album, but it's really sequenced badly. Um, somebody at her label, whoever's put this together in this running order, needs to be shot, really. It opens with a really good breezy up-tempo song, Somebody Like That. It's a big single for her at the moment. I really like it. Very Keith Urban-esque. But then there's not another up-tempo song until Wouldn't You Like To Know, which is track 11 of the 12 on the albums. So after track 1, 
there isn't another up-tempo song till track 11, and then track 12 is also up-tempo. Uh, up tempo. So everything is a ballad between tr- from tracks 2 to track 10. And in fact, tracks 2 and 3, Slow It Down and Wildfire Love, are possibly the worst two songs on the album. And when I say worst, I don't mean that they're bad. It's just the, all the momentum that the opening track um, builds up is gone. So somebody like that, you're left on a high, it's a good song, and then Slow It Down and um, Wildfire Love come on. And by track four, I'm just like, hmm, should have gone listen to something else. Those two tracks should have been separated, put somewhere else. It's a massive example of somebody who's not really thought about the sequencing of the album. There's some good songs in that middle section. Butterfly Effect is good. Another Life is good. But to have a run of ballads, like nine ballads in a row, really kills the album. And that's one that really should be listened to on shuffle. I will never listen to that in the running order that it was made. Listen to it on shuffle, and I think the pace and the sequencing of the album would be much, much better. I have read that Tennille is maybe telling a story over the course of the album, a bit like Kelsey tried to do with her Unapologetically album. And that's very ambitious to do on your debut album, but it really hampers the flow. Kelsey did such a good job on um, Unapologetically of telling a story and a concept. And that album actually really does flow from beginning to end with its sound and its style and its pacing. The ballads, the mid-tempo tracks, the up-tempo ones are all spread out. And and Unapologetically does take you on an an emotional and aural journey. Um, But I'm not sure that Tennille Arts' album does. I asked people on Facebook to suggest some ideas of what they thought well-sequenced albums were. And the suggestions I got back were Kelsey's Unapologetically, um, Eric Church's Mr. Misunderstood, Keith Urban's Defying Gravity, Johnny Cash's St. Quentin album, Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour was one that popped up on a lot of suggestions as an album that was sequenced beautifully, Um, Erin Enderlin's Whiskey Town Crier, again, was one that I had back. For me... Standout albums that have been sequenced with a lot of love and a lot of care and a thought are as follows. So, Garth Brooks's In Pieces album, that is sequenced brilliantly. From the opening bars of Standing Outside the Fire through to the closing of the Cowboy song, that one is a roller coaster of sounds and emotions. And I'll even forgive him for finishing on a slow one um because i know that's what country music like to do but that album is sequenced brilliantly there's a real spread of sounds and styles you haven't got a clump of ballads you haven't got a clump of rockers all together and and i love the thought that's gone into the sequencing of garth brooks's in pieces album I think the Eagles Hotel California album is sequenced superbly. And again, that ends with a slow one, The Last Resort. But that song is such an album that it doesn't count. Out of the genre, Def Leppard's Hysteria album is a superb example of how to handle 60 minutes of music, but sequence it in such a way that it doesn't feel like that. And in fact, I'd like to use the Hysteria album as an example of how not to get bogged down in the middle section of an album. So the middle section of Hysteria has Pour Some Sugar On Me, Armageddon It and Gods of War. And that's simply stunning use of sort of up-tempo silliness and the big beats and gravitas of Gods of War. It's superb. The middle section of Hysteria really, really flows. 
Back into modernish country, I think Lanco's Hallelujah Nights has been sequenced brilliantly. It's got a big opener, it's got a big sort of anthemic finisher, there's a spread of styles and sounds throughout. Um, Cam's Untamed album, and again, finishes with a slow one in Village. I possibly would have swapped um, Village around with Country Ain't Always Pretty, but the album flows and is sequenced lovely. Um, the master of modern sequencing for me is Dirks Bentley. He isn't afraid to start with a slower song, and they, his albums then often build over tracks two, three, and four into the sort of anthemic ones. Um, and he often ends an album quietly as well, as country music is wont to do. You know, look at um, How I'm Going Out from the Mountain. It's a very emotional and impactful finisher. It does leave you feeling, you know, bereft in uh, in no... in you know, no short terms. Dirks is the best, I think, of the modern country artists at putting an album together that speaks as an album and is not just a collection of individual songs. Some albums are completely unsequenceable, if that's a word. When you move past having 12 songs on an album, for me, it becomes unsequenceable. It's too big, it's too long, it's too unwieldy, and people's attention spans wonder. Jason Aldean's current album, Nine, I think is his best album in a very long time, but it's got 16 tracks on it, and you cannot sequence it. You cannot get the momentum going for a, a journey on that one. It's like trying to drive from Cornwall to Edinburgh in one go. You need to take a break. You need to stretch your legs. You need to cleanse your palate. And, um, and talking about that Aldean album, that album nine is a good example of how country music gets sequencing wrong sometimes there's a song on it called one for the road which is all about saying goodbye and it's at tracks 13 on a 16 track album it was born to be the last track on an album one for the road a song about saying goodbye and it isn't the last track on jason aldean's album the last track is she likes it which is just you know a song about all the stuff a fictional girl likes to do why why would you not sequence that album differently i just don't get that so why does country music get it wrong why is the sequencing in the albums that in the genre of music that we love often bizarre and oddly paced and nonsensical? Well, let me tell you what I think. Ultimately, I think it's because country music is and always has been about the song, the hit single, the number one. Going right back to the days of Jimmy Rogers through to Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, Dolly, Merle Haggard, Garth Brooks into sort of Tim McGraw, Trisha, Keith. All we talk about are the individual songs that those artists have produced. If you asked lots of country music listeners, they wouldn't be able to name an album by Dolly Parton that is better than all the other albums she's done. They wouldn't be able to name Garth Brooks's best album or Tim McGraw's best album, but they'd be able to name you 10 songs. Historically, country music isn't, doesn't seem to be bothered about the art of crafting albums as other, as other genres are. It's been more about getting a hit song on radio. And that's because stations like WSM broadcast their programs across the whole of the South, you know, sending songs from coast to coast and promoting artists that had big hit 
songs. The, the geographical size of the South meant that radio was crucial to the development of country music. It was how the farmers, how the factory workers, the people of Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama and beyond accessed country music and radio is all about the singular song. I don't think the genre historically places a whole lot of importance on the art of building beautiful albums like other genres do. Albums, really, in country music are like delivery packages for artists to put their three hit songs on and then populate the album with a few more other ones. I don't think the care has often gone into the making of country music albums as it has in, say, rock or pop or other genres. In its modern iteration, country music is still about the hit song, but it's also now about streaming, which also sort of propagates the single song above the body of work of an album. And it's also about concert tickets and merchandise. That's where the money is now. So I don't see that it's going to change anytime soon. I do think there are modern artists like Dirks and like Lanco that are more uh, thoughtful about uh, putting whole albums together. But I don't think we'll ever see the sort of craft um, being put into country albums as, uh, you know, as, as other genres are. Um, and in fact, many artists in the country genre are moving towards creating now sort of four, five, six-track EPs, shorter releases, or even segmenting albums into two or three individual pieces like Aaron, El- Aaron Enderlin did and like Chase Rice is doing with his new project. So that's why I think the sequencing of albums in country music is often odd and bizarre and you know doesn't get the kind of thought put into it that other genres do because country music is all about the single song it might also explain why the covers and the artwork of country music albums are often absolutely appalling but that's a podcast for another time ultimately The album in its whole and as a whole body of work and the sequencing of that body of work, I don't think is as important in the country genre as it is in others. And, you know, country music is, has and probably always will be about the hit song rather than the beautiful craft of building an album. Thanks for listening. I've been James Dakin. This has been episode 56 of 10 Minute Country.